1: Good morning, Brew Daily Show. I am Neil Fryman And I'm Toby Howell. All right, Toby, before we get into the meat of our show, I just want to run down some of the biggest headlines from yesterday's news. Um, and as most of you know, there was another school shooting in the U.S. Three children, all aged nine, and three adults were fatally shot at the private Covenant School in Nashville by a 20, 28-year-old former student. It's the U.S.'s 29th mass shooting this year, which is defined by the Gun Violence Archive as an incident where four more people are shot. And that's equivalent to about 10 mass shootings per week or almost two per day. So most of these you don't even hear about on the news. Um, But this one obviously is just so powerful because we can't become numb to the fact that elementary school kids are getting gunned down in this country while they're going to class and you see these images of it seems every few months of kids walking out holding hands and with their hands you know, held over their head uh, out of school, out of elementary school. Um, so we had to leave the show at that. Plus, we spent a lot of time talking about the mass protests in Israel that froze the economy yesterday over the government's proposed overhaul of the judiciary and facing what he called a potential civil war. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu delayed that push to get the overhaul done this week and said he's taking a timeout for dialogue. So that seems to have subdued the protests yesterday. But, you know, yesterday, None of the departures from ben Airport were leaving. No one was working. Universities all canceled classes. So he's kind of delaying this push. We'll see whether, uh, you know, that amounts to anything or it's just kind of kicking the can down the road. So what are we going to talk about for the, uh, the actual meat of the show? Well, there's another target of the crypto crackdown. This one could be the biggest yet. Um, Uber Eats is trying to declutter its platform. This was news to me because uh, I'm a seamless guy. And uh, this, there's this another celebrity trial that's taking over the internet. Pack show. You, you mentioned you had cold brew to start
0: the morning. So I think it's, it's going to be a spicy one. I'm ready to go. Uh, but to lead off our show, I want to talk about a little bit of a lighter story that's been unfolding on the interwebs over the last few days. Drippy Pope has taken the internet by storm. So we mentioned this picture yesterday that was making the rounds, but for anyone listening who isn't terminally online, like we are, there's this image of Pope Francis wearing this epic puffer coat that makes him look straight out of like a Milan runway model. It's really cool. People have been going nuts saying, when's the album dropping, calling him the Balenciaga Pope, um, and it went absurdly viral. Multiple tweets with multi-million impressions. Um, So unfortunately, the reason why we're talking about this is the image is totally fake. It was generated by an AI tool called MidJourney that can create these crazy, hyper-realistic images. And Neil, this fooled you yesterday. That's why we brought it up on the show. What is your take on this ever-growing phenomenon of deep fake images kind of hitting the internet? Yeah, you said,
1: you you prefaced this by saying it was a light topic, and I, I was just thinking uh, maybe. Yeah, for for these, you know, the Pope image is definitely lighthearted, but for me and I think a lot of other people, I was reading a bunch of articles about this, and it was the first sort of wake up call moment that even our generation could get fooled by AI images. You know, we often make fun of boomers or older people who may not be as, you know, online as us or in tune with technology. And the fact that, you know, I could, someone who, you know, reads about this all the time and is very skeptical of everything could get fooled by it. It was kind of like a pinch me moment for AI and its potential to fool us all, even, you know, as we're just going about our daily basis yeah. and spreading this information.
0: I mean, yeah, Chrissy Teigen uh, tweeted that she saw the image and didn't even give it a second glance. She just sure. totally didn't thought either. it was real. Ryan Broderick, who writes Garbage Daily, which is this awesome kind of internet-based ba- culture newsletter, called it the first mass-level AI misinformation case because it just went so viral and it fooled so many people. Um, and yeah, it, we're, we're dealing with the fallout right now. And some of that fallout is the word... Uh, in here, I'll, I'll segue into another uh, kind of misinformation uh, imaging that was going viral, which was images depicting Donald Trump getting arrested, uh, like, on foot police chase after him amid talks of a potential indictment. And so in response to that, Mid Journey actually banned the word arrested on its platform to kinda try to throttle this thing before it gets out of hand. But it's really, really a can of worms, as you mentioned, of how are you supposed to deal with these images on, is it the social media platform's responsibility? Or is it Mid Journey, the tool that's used to make these images, are they responsible? It's really hard
1: to regulate right now. Yeah, but so it should be regulated. According to the guy who made the image, and we didn't, we didn't mention it, but he gave this interview to BuzzFeed. It's just 31-year-old, uh, who made the Pope image, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, he's this 31-year-old construction worker from Chicago, the Chicago area. He gave an interview to BuzzFeed. He said he came up with this idea while he was on shrooms and thought it would be funny. Love that. And then kind of, I mean, not surprising. Yeah. And then he sort of saw it go viral and didn't think much. Before that, he didn't think much of the power of AI to create you know fake images and then when it went viral he told buzzfeed that these things need to be regulated and you see a little more calls for it though i'm not sure exactly what they're going to do after you know they after they showed their lawmakers showed a little ignorance during the TikTok uh ceo hearing it's kind of uh you're you're kind of doubtful about you know their ability to get ahead of the potential harms here
0: yeah i i think watermarking is probably the way forward it's Mm -hmm. like you have to have some sort of watermark that indicates that it is an AI-generated image. But, yeah, slippery slope for sure. Um, and <laughs> we're only going to see more of these, so I know we're going to be talking about it in the future. This is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Neil, now let's jump into the world of crypto This story is a bit complicated, so I'll do my best to break it down as quickly as I can. So, the headline news is the CFTC is suing Binance for evading U.S. regulations and letting U.S. customers trade crypto derivatives. So, the first part of that, the CFTC is the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. It's kind of a bad mamma jamma when it (laughs) comes to regulating financial institutions. So, it can expel people from participating in the U.S. derivatives market or trading crypto, which actually qualifies as commodities under US law. So basically, they gatekeep the US markets. Why are they mad at Binance? Uh, they are alleging that Binance has been secretly coaching and encouraging these VIP customers within the US on how to invade compliance controls. We're talking explicitly walking like big trading firms through how to use a VPN, which is a virtual private network that makes it look like you're accessing the internet from a different country than the one you are in to connect to Binance because it's actually illegal to do some derivatives trading on US soil. And so Binance would literally coach companies through how to set up this VPN, how to set up these offsource accounts. And the CFTC didn't like that at all. And now they're kind of coming for for Binance.
1: It's a big deal in the crypto world. Right. So why is this a big deal? Because Binance is the biggest crypto exchange by far. You know, we we thought, yeah, in the world, we knew about FTX. We know about Coinbase, but it Coinbase or no, sorry. Binance accounted for 70% of all spot trading volumes in the crypto market so far this month. Coinbase accounted for 6%. Yeah. It's so it is absolute dominant player. It's the Caitlin Clark of Caitlin Clark of crypto. <laughs> I know you like that reference. Yes. Um, and not just the company, but CZ, Cheng Ping Zhao, who's the CEO and co-founder of Binance, is seen as the last crypto leader who kind of has his stuff together. Right. After he, you know, after FTX went imploded. imploded. You know, Binance was seen as uh the the possibility to take over FTX as it was teetering and SBF, who is his arch rival, uh had to kind of beg him to save FTX and he said no. Right. So the fact that they're going after CZ was this the biggest Person in the biggest company in the crypto space shows that this there's like been this crypto crackdown that is only growing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess we'll talk about that for a little bit. Uh, so just in general, crypto is supposed to be having its moment right now as all the banks failed and it was going pretty well for a while, up twenty percent. But now on this news, it's back down. Bitcoin's down around five percent. Ethereum the same over the past few days. There's also the crypto-friendly banks in America. We talked about Signature. We talked about Silvergate. Those two banks no longer even exist. So that's a bad thing. Last week, we talked about how the SEC went after, in this big class action lawsuit, targeted celebs lindsay lohan soja boy other Acon was on the list for kind of promoting crypto irresponsibly and then yeah we mentioned coinbase a little bit too they were just served a wells notice by the sec which is kind of a precursor to potential legal action against them so for a while we were rolling our eyes on like oh the war on crypto but now it does seem like
1: oh my gosh on all fronts they're getting attacked by regulators the crackdown is here and Disney started laying off uh, 7,000 workers yesterday as part of its cost-cutting venture, and then, a, uh, not surprisingly, the Metaverse the Metaverse division was cut. So it, all 50 people there are not no longer working on those, you know, digital experiences. It's,
0: it's a tough t- day for buzzy buzzwords that w- grip the the world over the past few years. I just think
1: it's not it's extremely hard not to be super bearish on crypto yeah, right now, for sure, because we have a very simple A/B test going on with AI, generative AI, ChatGPT, Midjourney, Visual AI, and crypto, and people are actually using the AI tools in their daily life to help them. And despite all of the talk for the past few years, I haven't seen that many people actually use crypto in their daily life other than to commit crimes and launder money.
0: Yeah. Neil, you're, you you kind of hit the nail on the head, um, but here's the, the one thing we'll say before we we toss the break is, so Balaji G, who we have talked about, he's this big uh, person in the Bitcoin space who bet that Bitcoin will hit $1 million per Bitcoin in 90 days. We're going to do a quick update on that bet. There's 80 days left. He has $973,017 to go before Bitcoin <laughs> hits $1 million. So we'll keep you updated. I believe in him. Yeah. Okay, before we head to the next story, we're going to take a quick break.
1: All right, Toby I mentioned at the top of the show that I'm a seamless guy but apparently Uber Eats has been flooded with listings that offer the same exact menu under different brands so it's throwing away everything that doesn't spark joy. (laughs) According to the Wall Street Journal, Uber Eats is removing 5,000 online-only brands from its app this week over concerns its platform is getting clogged by restaurants that offer the exact same menu. So I have a few examples of this That that was listed in the Wall Street Journal article. 12 virtual brands are selling the same breakfast burrito from a Colorado sports bar there are 14 brands serving the same sandwiches from a New York City deli here at home and then there are online online only options from a San Francisco-based Pakistani restaurant that replicated its menu 20 times so have you heard and seen any of these virtual brands
0: I have not, I've heard about them, but I have not come in contact with them on the app so far. And yeah, the reason why Uber's doing this is to kind of, it's a bad look for consumers if they get on and they're not sure if what the brand they're seeing is a real brand or it's someone posing or they're literally like SEO, AB testing different names and brandings for for foodstuffs. <laughs> um, that's the first time we've used foodstuffs on this, on this show for sure the one thing I have come in contact with is the idea of ghost kitchens, which are these, I I don't know what you want to call them, but virtual brands of, they have no physical footprint. They're, they're delivery only. I mean, Mr. Beast has Mr. Beast burger, which they have no physical locations. They're all, you order them through the app uh, and they're, delivered to you from a ghost kitchen, which is like an industrial kitchen dedicated just to cooking. And I'm all on board on that because it's just so much more convenient and it reduces overhead. But this idea of restaurants, like we we saw Denny's was rebranding some of their food and passing it off as a different brand. That does feel deliberately misleading and not
1: a very fun experience for a consumer. Yeah, that seems to be a different issue. So what I think Uber is trying, Uber Eats is trying to get rid of is the explosion in replicative, replicative, (laughs) replicative, uh, menus that exploded over the pandemic. So virtual brands, uh, Quadrupled basically from 10,000 in 2021 to more than 40,000 this year. And there's all these smaller restaurants that just want to know whether an image of a taco is going to work or if they should go with an image of a scrambled eggs or an image of a, a deli sandwich for their particular brand. So they're just testing the crap out of this. And then you mentioned this earlier with Denny's. So basically, there are big food chains or restaurant chains like Denny's, IHOP. Chuck E. Cheese's, Chuck E. Cheese's, and I have n- I had no idea this was happening, but they are rolling out various sub brands that cater to a specific clientele and offer specific food products. So IHOP, I was reading, has this v- virtual brand called a Super Mega Dilla and Thrilled Cheese. So those are its virtual brands. Denny's has the Burger Den and the Meltdown, which kind of offer burgers. And I assume Meltdown is I grilled, grilled cheese. cheese, is, grilled yeah. cheese. So uh, I guess this could be seen as misleading because if you're ordering from, you know, super mega Dilla and they say, OK, come and pick it up from this location. And then you go in and it's an IHOP. It's, this is the most classic, sir, this is a Wendy's right. uh, example I've ever heard. But I can see how consumers might be uh, misled being like, I thought I was ordering from Super Megadilla. And then it turns out it's just IHOP's kitchen churning out a little different product.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely... I don't blame the the restaurants for doing it. Because, oh, it's smart. Yeah, yeah it's, it's smart on their part, but I also definitely don't blame Uber Eats for kind of cracking down a little bit. So next time you hop on on your order delivery app, make sure you do your research and, and make sure it's you an could actual... could be poked,
1: Balenciaga Poped on Uber Eats. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. Okay, Neil, now let's go to my favorite segment of the week, uh, Toby's Trends. So there's a bit of a conspiracy going around TikTok right now and first, I just want to say, have you heard of the app Lemon Eight? No. Before this, I I know not many of us had. So it's made by TikTok's parent company ByteDance and actually launched over a month ago to in the U.S. to relatively little fanfare. People have been describing it as Pinterest meets Instagram. It looks like a static static Instagram feed where you kind of are scrolling through. You have pictures, you have videos, but it's definitely oriented more towards overt influencing. And so for instance, you can label each item in your photos by like drawing an arrow to it and saying where you got it from. So if I posted a picture, I would draw a little arrow to my Morning Brew shirt and say like, you can buy this on the Morning Brew store. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a more influencer e-commerce uh, shopping forward app. Um, but the reason I'm talking about it is for some reason people have been noticing a rash of videos from creators kind of overtly promoting Lemonade on TikTok. And we have a kind of a little compilation of what I'm talking about that we'll play for you here.
1: So the creators of TikTok have launched a new app and it's called Lemon 8. And if you haven't heard of it, I would definitely suggest you run over to the app store and download it really quick.
0: Instagram and Pinterest had a baby and the baby is called Lemon Eight. I know y'all have heard this news about how TikTok is about to be banned. So it's time to start connecting on different apps. So that last creator, the point that she made of, I know you've heard about TikTok getting banned, let's go to Lemonade, that's where a bunch of TikTok users have been saying, okay, what's going on here? Why am I seeing so many videos telling me maybe leave TikTok, go to Lemonade, which is owned by ByteDance? So that is it is... It's not even a conspiracy theory. Like It is TikTok kind of hedging its bets a little bit if it gets bet, if it gets banned, and sending them to their other app that they want to kind of grow.
1: This is pretty wild. Yeah. I think from what I'm gathering, it seems like ByteDance, which is this Beijing-based company, is creating the ByteDance cinematic universe through apps because it has capcut right which is the a tiktok video editor that is owned by bytedance that's consistently in the top 5 most popular apps and then it has tiktok and then it's creating this other whatever it said instagram pinterest hybrid to hedge its bets against tiktok and create maybe a different niche right it sounds like it's a little more e-commerce uh shopping influenced and so it seems like ByteDance is just kind of taking over the app market right now and there's so many articles out about how Chinese apps uh that are many of which are owned by ByteDance are consistently at the top of the app store um so correct me if i'm wrong but that sounds exactly like what's <laughs> happening
0: right well it's just smart by them, if you have all these users on the app, why don't you send them grow? Yeah, grow the cinematic universe, grow the the pie. But it is, it was weird to kind of see these out in the wild. Of it, they feel very overtly promotional, like they're being they're they're not disclosing that these are paid
1: promotions. But, but they have to be, right?
0: Well, I don't know. It just feels it. They feel like they're paid promotions because if you go through, you search lemonade, you'll see a lot of like the same verbiage. You'll see a lot of the same kind of points be brought up. That language of Pinterest meets Instagram. So,
1: do we yeah. have any data on how many people are downloading this, or it's, how, so it's, whether it's popular? Or it's not? very,
0: it's very not popular in the U.S. as of now. It originally is based off a Chinese app that is again geared towards uh, e-commerce on social media that has 200 million users in China. Lemonade launched in Japan and has uh, accumulated around a million users in the U.S. and the U.K. though it's still very slept on. It was launched over a month ago and Mm. like we've never heard of it. It's not making any charge but now it feels like maybe the charge is coming so that will be very interesting. I wonder if hopefully this is this would be good for Toby's Trends brand
1: (laughs) if this skyrockets up the app
0: store and I've front loaded another trend. so
1: keep an eye on it. All right. We we hope Toby Trends uh, you know investment in this in Lemonade actually takes off. Yeah. All right. Finally uh, there is another celebrity trial that has been taken over uh, at least my uh social media feeds concerns Gwyneth Paltrow uh who is on who's on this business show we know as the founder of the wellness giant Goop is in court over a ski collision with a man who says Paltrow ran into her while skiing at Deer Valley in Utah, severely injuring him. He's seeking $300,000 in damages. Paltrow is denied these accusations and she said that guy ran into her. So she's countersued for $1 and uh, attorney's fees. So basically we've had this eight day trial that is full of sound bites and crazy episodes that is just made for social media. Uh, we do have one of those clips that kind of shows why it has gone viral may I
0: ask how tall you are I'm just under 510 okay I am so jealous I think I'm shrinking though you and me both I have to wear four inch
1: heels just to make it to 5'5 well, so they're very nice oh, thank you
0: and he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation well I lost half a day of skiing I was yelling at him, pretty loud, pretty forceful. I was pretty upset. Right? You're yeah. small but mighty. Actually, you're not that small. <laughs> well, I I literally cannot stop laughing because that is the opposition attorney that who's supposed to be like grilling Grandpa Paltrow, just like clearly getting a little starstruck and just kind of gassing her up saying like wow you're so tall and
1: you're you're small but mighty i i just could not stop laughing at that. it seems like that but i did a little reading and it seemed and i don't watch many you know law and order court shows but it seems like uh attorneys often do this to kind of disarm they do they employ flattery to disarm the person that they want to extract information from uh, so it's i think there probably is some of that because this person hopefully is a pro and knows they're going to be on YouTube yeah, on every all society. across social media yeah. platforms. No, def- definitely the theme
0: throughout this trial has been like rich people problems yeah. because yeah, you hear her say i lost half a day of skiing. So. Yeah. But I've been seeing relatively people are on Paltrow's side a little bit because it's just such an absurd case. And they're like, "Yeah, she's kind of coming off as relatively down to earth for someone who has a, a brand called goop and is a multimillionaire.
1: Yeah. Movie goop. Star. I, we were looking at the goop because I don't, I have to say Toby and I are not the target customers of goop. I, I haven't bought anything kind from of goop. Maybe I should. Though. But we asked around the office about what was the vibe of goop. And uh, it's kind of a powerhouse. I think it's worth over $250 million dollars right now I did a quick scan of the website found a toothpaste squeezer for more than $200 some psychic vampire repellent spray And you know what? I think, uh, you know, Celia might have a a birthday coming up. (laughs) I want to get some goop. All (laughs) righty. And yeah, we clearly don't know what we're talking about with goop, uh, which is fine. But good for Gwyneth Paltrow. I guess we'll keep an eye on that case. We probably don't have a choice because as we're scrolling through social media, it will keep popping up. That's all the show we have. Toby, uh, let me get into these credits. First of all. You can email us. Our inbox has been a little quiet lately. Make sure you email us at morningbrewdaily at morningbrew.com. And giving a shout out to our amazing crew in the back. Our producer and editor is Emily Milliron. The show's technical director is Elias Alba. Our supervising producer is Bryce Belloff Queen of the ones and twos is Kelsey Jones. Hair and makeup got removed by Uber Eats. Devin Emery is our chief content officer. And our show is a production of Morning Brew.
0: Great show today, Neil. Let's run it back tomorrow.